Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you, give you praise and glory for what you are doing. You don't have, you don't have shortage of witnesses that what we teach here is true. You don't have shortage of witnesses. You want us to grow spiritually. You want us to be adults. You want us to be adults. You want us to be, take our place in the kingdom and do exploits in your name. You called us to glory, not to defeat. You have equipped us. You have armed us. We are what you said we are. We can do what you said we can do. We have what you said we have. We give you praise. Even as we share your word this morning, we trust you to teach us again and help us understand it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'm going to talk about healed. I'm going to talk about healing this Sunday. Talk about healing this Sunday. Talk about healing until you hear it. Can I hear it? We don't hear what so. Until what? You hear it. The first thing I do know when I hear When I know you hear it, it's the result in your body. That's what I know you've had it. So we're going to talk about healed, the witness of the Holy Spirit, part three. First John 5, 9. Says, since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater, 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 everybody say greater, greater testimony that comes from who? From God. Meanwhile, before you read, did you see our light? See what will change? You're enjoying it. Now you can read your Bible, it's brighter. I thank God for Chris Sonichi, Obi Okafo, and our beloved brother, um, Chuka, Ezendokure, they worked very hard to give you this. Awesome. So if you don't read your Bible, I will see you. Somebody came to me and said, Pastor, all those people that sleep, you cannot see them very well. I said, yeah, clearly. <laughs> so I'm seeing you and watching you. That's why it's brighter now. Is it a good thing? Okay, so let's continue our reading. Since we believe human testimony, Surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. Testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his son. All who believe in the son of God know in their heart that this testimony is true. But those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar. Because they don't believe what God has testified about his son. You can't have intimacy with the Holy Spirit when you are insulting him. And looking at him and saying you're a liar. You say, but I didn't call him a liar, but you don't believe what he said. God said, if you don't believe me, you are looking at me in the face and calling me a what? It's an indictment on the character of God. Serious indictment. That's why all over the Bible, God says, it provokes me to anger. It provokes God to anger. It, It grieves God. Faith is not what you toy with. Faith is how you live your life. Without it, it's impossible to please God. You can't call God a liar and be pleasing. It's not possible. It's just not possible. So we read the testimonies of God that God wants us to believe and honor him with. Number one, we have faith to be healed already. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have faith to be what? To be healed. That faith in Christ gives you every blessing of God. That's it. That faith you have in Christ is what gave you salvation, gave you healing, gave you access to God. Everything. And God said, I gave you the faith. 
Romans 12, 3, for I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you in this church, listen, all believers, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of it. So don't come and tell me, Pastor, I don't have it. You have it. Again, don't call God a liar, because God said, I've dealt to every man a measure of it. So you have it. Amen? The other thing we talked about is, am I qualified to be healed? Am I accepted by God? Am I righteous enough to receive his blessing of healing? You are. Again, the testimony of God says you are righteous before him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he had made him to be, what? Seen for, let's read it together. For he had made him to be, what? Seen for us who knew no sin. Why did he make him to be seen? That we might be made, what? Righteousness of God. That's the testimony of God. The, the, reason, the way I made you righteous is that I made Jesus to be seen for you. So you take his place. Isaiah 53, 11, New Living Translation says, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, all that Jesus suffered, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my, my what? I want to hear you. My what? Will make it what? Possible for many to be counted what? Righteous. Why? He will bear their sins. That's why you are counted righteous. Again, the testimony of God. Paul's testimony, Philippians 3 and became one with him. I no longer count on my own, come on, on my own, on my own, through what? Obeying the law. Or rather, what do I do? I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself does what? Depends on, that's how God does it. If you want to find another way, it doesn't exist. Romans 3, 21. But now God has shown us a way. But now God has shown us what? A way. The, the point is, do you know it? Have you seen it? The testimony of God is pointing to you. See, this is how I made you righteous. This is how I made you righteous. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without church, come on, without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Continue. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for how many people? Everyone who believes. No matter who you are. Let me go back to Romans 10 from verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer for God is for the people of Israel to be what? Saved. Verse 2. I know what, what do they have? Enthusiasm they have for God. I said it on Thursday. A lot of people are enthusiastically wrong. Enthusiasm they have for God. But it is misdirected what? See, it's a waste of time. Their enthusiasm is misdirected. Why? 
Verse 3. Verse 3. For they don't, what, they don't what, do, what is it they don't understand? God's way of making people right with it. A lot of people today still don't understand it. They still don't. They still call God a liar. They think no, 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 no. They find fault with it. Even discourage people from believing. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. So what do they do? Refusing to accept God's ways. Are there people who still refuse it? Yes. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with, you, with God by trying to, yeah, and that's what many churches teach. Many churches teach this. Contrary to what God said. They don't know how God counts you righteous with him. He made Christ to be seen for you so that he can make you what? Righteous. God says, believe my testimony now. I'm, I'm the one doing this thing. Is it not me you are worshiping? Am I not God yourself? I'm telling you how I do it. You can't be righteous on your own. It's not possible. God is one that makes us righteous. God is one that makes us holy. God is one that is walking us to will and to what? Do his glory. Any good thing you are doing is Christ in you. You can't take credit for it. If you remove Jesus, we are all animals. Why is it hard for us to understand? Check your own life now and see how good you are. The Bible said it's evident that by the deeds of the Lord, no man can be counted righteous. It's evident. He said, take your life. Colossians 1, 27. For God wanted them to know that the riches, see why you are blessed. Because God has counted you righteous, so healing is yours. All the blessings are what? Yours. It's freely given. If I give you something free, what do I demand of you? Again, the testimony of God. Testimony of God. God knows that people will go and give false testimony and, and claim it's God. So he said, no, no, don't listen to them. Listen to my own testimony. I wrote it in the Bible. Colossians 1.27. For God wanted them to know. What does God want you to know? That the riches and glory of Christ are for you. Gentiles. And this is the secret. Why? Christ lives what? In you. This gives you assurance of sharing in the glory. Christ is in you. Because you have the spirit of Christ, you belong to God. We sing it, I'm so glad I belong to Jesus. Well, if, you don't, if you say you belong to Jesus, and you turn around and say you're not righteous, that's a tautology. It's called tautology. In English, which means you say something, contradict yourself. It's called tautology. I'm so glad I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Are you righteous? No. You don't belong to him. Because you can't, be, you can't say, I'm unrighteous and call yourself that you belong to him. So 
So the Jews rejected that thing. With talking like that. They rejected it. And the Bible said, they were doing this with all enthusiasm, with all zeal. But God said, it is wasted zeal. It's misdirected. Then there, is, there are those who abuse grace. Because every good thing is abused by human beings. There are those who plainly abuse divine grace. We said it on, on Sunday. And I want to read it for everybody who thinks that grace gives you privilege to do what you like. If you really, if you really accept the grace of God, sin will no more dominate you. Say, who said that? Your Bible. He said, sin is no more your master because you are no more under the law, but you are now under what? Grace. Because under grace, God gives you all the power you need, everything you need to live for him. Gives you all the wisdom, all the revelation, and the working of the Holy Spirit to guide you. He said, if, if you are led by the Spirit, you are no more under the law. You are no more under the law. So if the Spirit is guiding you, if the Spirit is empowering you, how can sin be your boss? And the Spirit is guiding you only because of grace. Because all the things you have is because Christ is in you. And because Christ is in you, you belong to God. So all that God has is yours. The Spirit is, will guide you. He will give you. He said, it's, it please God to show you the things of the kingdom because you are children of God. He wants you to know it. I was sharing yesterday how I was in my office preparing for Bible study. All of a sudden, this scripture came in my screen. The Lord said, husbands should love their wives and, and be concerned about how they feel. And they won't go anywhere. I said, I read it. He said, no, it's not going anywhere. It's you I'm talking to. He said, trouble has finally come here. And he said, this Bible study you're about to teach will be flat. I won't be part of it unless you do something about this right now, not tomorrow. Now, see, if you are led of the Spirit, you don't need the law. He will show me. Guy will show you. See this and stop this. He will guide you because he knows that you are, you are ignorant or you are foolish. He will help you. So there are those who abuse grace. Let's read about them. Ephesians 5.1 Imitate God therefore in everything. In what? Everything you do because you are now his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. See how you follow the example of Christ? His spirit will be leading you. He'll be leading you. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, as a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people obscene stories, foolish talk, including gossips, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure, people, again, the testimony of God, you can be sure that no immoral person, no impure, immorality is not just sexual. Immorality, including stealing and all the, immoral things are things that are not righteous. Mostly of the sexual nature. But somebody can be immoral who is a criminal. But immoral is focused on the sexual center, but if you are immoral, you are evil. 
He says, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit what? Kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Verse 6. Let's read verse 6 together. I want to go. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these things. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey. So don't, get, don't let people fool you. There are people who, out of their wills, not even temptation, they're living, they're living very evil lives, and they don't care. They're not planning on changing. They're not satisfied with coming to church and going. And, and anywhere you see them, they exhibit those things. They bring bad testimony to, this, to the work of Jesus. The Bible warns us about willful sin. Things you know, the consequence, you continuously be doing them in, in utter disregard to God's word and total dishonor to God. But the truth of the matter is that you and I know so that you are not condemned for being normal. There is willful sin, but there is sin that is not willful. So don't get yourself condemned for being normal. Because normal thing is that we all struggle with something in our lives. If I'm correct, say amen. Only a few people say this. So the rest of you are 100% uh, perfect. We all do. He said, how? Again, the testimony of God. Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. We have a, a flesh that craves to do something wrong. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly what? Come on. Are constantly what? Fighting each other in Pastor Chinede manner. Only. In me only, no? In all of us. All of us. Constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good what? Intentions. You have good intentions, but you don't always do them. And you don't always do them? Because you're a child of God. You repent, you're sorrowful, because you don't want to do those things. That's different from the person who is willful, who doesn't give a damn, he's just doing what he likes. This one you care. It's not your intention, but you do them. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't understand me. If you understand me, say amen. amen. Yeah, it's not your intention, but it's something that we struggle with. That should not condemn you. Because you easily repent of it, easily you say, God, I'm sorry. And you really, some, it makes you cry sometimes. That's why Paul say we groan in this body. We groan, it makes you groan, it makes you unhappy. Because you are yearning for perfection. You are yearning. But the person that is willful is not doing the same thing you are doing. Praise the Lord. So here is what the Holy Spirit says about it. Galatians 6 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is now overcome by sin, you who are godly 
should go and gossip about it at time. Tell everybody that he see his, he, he, won't, he, won't, he will inherit the kingdom of God. That's what Pastor Chinidu preached. You are wrong. He's dealing with it. It's a struggle for him. He doesn't want it. It's not from his will. He's struggling with something. The scripture says we fight with it constantly. And sometimes it's overcome. And he, he repents and comes back and gets back into the battle. And the Bible said, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, because there are ungodly people who will not, you who are godly should gently and humbly do what? Help that person back onto the right path. Why? And be careful not to fall into the same temptation you are served because you can also fall in there. Verse 2. Share each other's what? Bodies. And this way, obey the Lord. It's not for you to go and be talking about them. It's not your business. The Bible says if you are godly, you should be guided by love. You should know you too have struggles too. And you should help your brother or sister get back onto the right path. Verse 3. I want us to read verse 3 together, everybody. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only what? Fooling yourself. You are not that important to God at all. So you are just fooling yourself. Because you too have issues. If you understand, I want it clear. Is it clear to you? So don't let the devil accuse you and say, Dave, you are no more. You won't be healed. No, you'll be healed. <laughs> because God counted you what? Righteous before him. And you are dealing with the things that everybody is dealing with. Everybody, you know, I told them yesterday how I had to ask for forgiveness three times. The first one I did, I said, no, it's not enough. I went the second one. I said, no, I went the third one. Begging my wife to forgive me. Because there was something that I told her and I, I, and I did with her. And then when she explained to me, I felt so foolish. Honestly, I felt, I felt, I said, how can you be this stupid? I felt so foolish. I didn't even know what to say. I was like Ahab with ashes on my head. That's what I'm saying. All these things are real now. But because you know it's not something out of your way, you quickly go back and say, I am what? Sorry about it. But the one that's out of you it's me and you. But you know you're wrong. Oh no, no, I can't be wrong. How can? Because you have self-righteousness eating you up. You know what God told me in the, in the, when I was preparing? They said, I told you. The Lord said to me, say, if you want to be really important to me, say, make yourself nothing. So that's the key to it. He said, watch my son. He made himself of what? No reputation. He said, that's why I now lifted him above everything. He said, but if you make yourself important, there's nothing I can make you again. You're done. Praise the Lord. So I had to go and beg. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> the first one, I said, it's okay. She didn't know what I was struggling with was I was so sad with myself. I felt so bad. So I went the second one. I couldn't even look at her beautiful face. It was the third time I made the effort. And I looked at her. 
She said, okay, I'm fine. That finished me finally. I wanted a little argument from her to feel, you know, but to give, it's okay, just like that. That made me really look like a small boy. I felt so bad. I said, what? I belittled myself. But God saw that I didn't, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And quickly, I adjusted that. That's how all of us should live our lives. Can I hear amen? I want to hear a bigger amen. There can be no better husband for your wife than you because the Spirit of God is guiding you. Can I hear another amen? Yeah. The men are not saying a big amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So we're done with that. Now let me deal with um, the other things we said. We need to release our faith. God has given you faith, but you need to what? Release it to work for you. If you don't, it won't work for you. I needed to repeat this because it's this new to many people. They don't know they have to release your faith. So they think I have to. No, you have to. Our brother came here and see how she, he was releasing his faith. He said, this can't happen. I'm not going to accept this. He's releasing his faith in words and saying, yep, this is why I stand. Making his stand known to the principalities and powers, whatever they were doing. He was making his stand what? Known and talking back. And then by action too. By action too. He was releasing his faith by faith. Trying to get his family to. He said, do you believe this? This prayer works. We are prayed up. He was releasing it. Words, words are powerful. He was pushing back. And they were talking back. Because people were coming and talking. The enemy was talking back. It was, it was war. They were, he stood his ground and said, no. I don't ask you what you are telling me. Because what things ever you disallow? If he said, ah, it's true. Ah. We are finished. They will be finished. That will be the end of If you like, fast from there to Monday. You are, you are done. Because the testimony of your mouth is what you used to overcome. But it's also what will bind you. You are snared by the words of your mouth. So he was pushing back. He was releasing his faith. He was vehement about it. He was strong about it. He was trying to get his family to, to be in faith. That's what men do. They are priests of the home. Because if you fall, everybody falls. If you fall, everybody falls. Your wife is looking at you. Children are looking at you. You should stand and lead them on. And that way your children will see that God is real. Go and tell the daughter that God is not real. It's not possible. Because I have seen the Lord's goodness, his mercy, his anchor. That is the most powerful sermon you can preach to your children. Let them see God walk what? In their lives. For real. When they go to college, they bring anything, they won't listen. Because they've seen God what? What you see makes greater impression than anything else. Praise the Lord. So we need to release our faith by word, like our brother did, and by action. Action that says that what you are saying, you mean it. Your words and action must agree. They must agree. They just have to agree. And what do they agree with? They agree with the word of God. Your testimony is the testimony that God gave. You stand on it. So let, let, let's read some scripture. It says, uh, James 2, 18. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, 
and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But without no other man, that faith without works is what? There has to be corresponding works. You saw it in our brother. He said, this is not happening here. It's not happening here. Psalm 107.2. Let the redeemed of the Lord. So what are you saying? It's easy in church to be dancing and be talking. But where these things, all these teaching and things, where it's supposed to really lead you is when you are faced one-on-one where there's nobody. That's when this world should come, rise up, and make you walk in the path of the light of the world. So that God will lead you in victory through the world. That's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to prepare you to do the work of God. Doing the work of God like he led his family to victory. That's work of God. He was the pastor of that home. God sent him back from going to work. He said, something's happening in your house. You are the leader of this house. Go there. And he went there. And God anointed him because he stood his ground. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Acts 14, 6. They were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of Lycunia, and unto the region that lieth around Bath. And there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being crippled with his mother, from his mother's womb, and who never had walked. The same had Paul speak, who steadfastly behold him and perceived that he had faith to be healed, but he hadn't been healed yet. Yet the faith was there. He hadn't been healed yet. Paul said, yeah, you have, God said, I've given you faith. So you have faith to be healed. It's there, right? You have faith to get your answer, prayers answered. You have faith for it. It's right there. Faith gives you access to God. Jesus said, if you ask him my name, you get it. So you have faith to have it. But then verse 10, let's read verse 10 together. Paul said on, with a loud voice, do what? Stand on thy feet and he... So what Paul is saying, you have to put it, release it, act on it. Somebody who has never walked, did he think twice? I'm asking. He didn't think twice. He just leaped. He didn't even say, my brother, this thing you are saying. Do you know I've never walked? Okay, let me try. If you try, I won't walk. He simply jumped. And that was when the strength came. Read the whole Bible. Once you start acting, God start working. I don't care what that thing is. Sometimes you may not see the full manifestation immediately, but just keep acting. The more you are acting, the more you are recovering. The more you are, see it now, you see what I'm saying. The, the moment you start acting, God start working. Because God will never be a liar. It's not possible. It's not, you see, those who trust in me will never be put to what? It's impossible. Once you start acting, start saying, you may not notice anything, but keep doing it. Persevere till the end. Then you will wear the crown. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? Persevere to the end. 
Those who wear the crown are those who persevere to it. My brother said it. He said the devils were fighting us back. Sure. They were talking to, I told you here, I said, they will send, will send people. <laughs> I know it. They will send people, send people. Some of them will say, I saw in a dream, God showed me, they showed them nothing. Grab out all that junk. <clears throat> Let me tell you something here. Anybody comes to you and say, Thus said the Lord, and God, you do, God has not told you that thing, tell him to go home, leave you alone. God does not gossip. God will never gossip. Gossiping is, is not his sin. If God wants to do anything, he'll tell you. If you are not getting it, they will use somebody to help you. They will say, ah, this thing has been coming to my mind, though. Hey. That's why you know that God has been trying to get your attention. Can I hear amen? Yeah. So now you can, you can sit, tell all the first prophets to leave you alone. There was a sister in Queen's College. One woman came one morning with bell. Said, the star said the Lord. And he said, the sister said, and thus said the Lord, get out of my house. <laughs> Real story. <laughs> Ask her. He said, thus said the Lord, get out of my house. <laughs> my sister, my sister, he lives in London, acts like me a little bit. He said, brother, they came to me with their card. He said, Uche, this man, ha, if you give him prayer, he's answered. And then give some pounds sterling. He said, I asked them, I said, so, if God will hear him, am I, am, am I not in talking terms with God? He said, What's, uh, am I quarreling with God? Yeah, let God hear him. God will also do what? Yeah, I mean, I don't, he doesn't need my pounds sterling. I work for it. <laughs> let's, see, let's see this example. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, let's see this example. Second Kings 4, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what, what to do. What do you have in your house? She said, your maidservant has nothing new in the house but a jar of... Then he said, Fine. Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall put, you shall shut the door because there are all these unbelieving believers who come and say, what are you doing? Shut the door behind you, child. I'm telling you, shut the door. Shut, the, shut them out. Sister, I love you. No, you don't love me. Shut out. Don't share your, don't. Not everybody understands faith too. They will talk you out of it. I'm not joking. They will talk. They don't. They don't know what they sit here with you. They don't hear nothing. It says, "Shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones." So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. Who brought the vessels to her? She poured it. Brethren, if you are, you have a jar for her. Somebody say, bring empty vessels. The question is, <laughs> what, is, what, is <laughs> what are they? Where is the oil going to come from? Pour this thing. This small one. But Elijah said, if you don't act it out, you will see it. Bring those empty things. And start what? Pour. Start acting. And she started. 
She started pouring. Supposing she brought only two, two verses. That's all she would have. When she poured the last one, the Bible said the miracle stopped. Why? It didn't stop because it wasn't supposed to, but she didn't have any more verses. If she did, if you don't act on it, it won't work. I'm telling people the gospel truth. If you like, be flying all over and looking for hope. I'm telling you how it works. If you don't act on it, not going to work. Praise the Lord. Then we said about fighting the good fight of faith, which means the enemy will try to talk you out of it, but you don't have to look at the circumstance for God's sake. Do not look at the circumstance. If you are looking at it, you are looking at the devil. Look at the word. You are looking at Jesus. He's the word. The Bible says Abraham refused to look at his body and the body of Sarah. It was a powerful temptation to look. He refused. You can do this because you can do all things through Christ. Now let me deal with this one. One more hindrance to healing is, is it God's way to heal me? We all believe that God can heal. But when it comes to me, is it God's way to heal me? Is it God's way? Is God even willing? Maybe he's not willing. Let me say something. God's healing is an act of God's mercy. Not what we merit. Then, if his mercy will never depart from you, then his healing will never depart from you. Lamentations 3 verse 22. It is of the lost mercies that we are not. So why is it that you are healed? The lost mercies. See, because of the lost mercies, that sickness cannot consume. That's what it means. That's why the enemy will not overcome you. Because in Christ, he has shown you great mercy. It is of the lost mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassion fell not. 23. They are what? New every morning. Great is thy. So you can't, you can't say the compassion of God has finished. It's every morning is new. And because of that, because of his mercy, people read the Bible in between lines and hear what God is telling you. Say, the reason you are healed is my mercy. The reason you are not consumed is my what? My mercy. It's not because of, of anything else. And then in Isaiah 54, 10, for the mountains shall depart, the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. My kindness. If, if my kindness, be careful, if because of your mercy you heal me, and you told me, say, pastor, my kindness will not depart from me. It means your healing will not also depart from me. So if somebody asks me, is it your will to heal me? It's obvious it's your will, because you already told me that is because of my mercy, you are healing me. And that this mercy will never depart. Which means that healing will never depart from me. I don't know if you are following my point. If you are following my point, shout hallelujah. It will never depart from you. It's not going anywhere. So the healing is yours. The healing is yours. Mark 10, 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, the great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side, side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, 
he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, do what? He knew that healing is an act of mercy. Everything God gives you is an act of mercy. Everything. Every, salvation is an act of mercy. You didn't earn it. And the package of salvation is healing. Deliverance is there. He had redeemed us from the kingdom of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. It's part of what Jesus did. If the son shall set you free, you are what? It's part of what he did on the cross. It's all mercy. That's why I said of the lost mercy we are not consumed. So he said, have mercy on me. And many charged him. I told you, unbelieving believers. They rose up in their ministry. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more. That's what our brother did. They brought report, evil report. He, he, he spoke his wound the more. Cried the more. Supposing they told him, stop calling, and he stopped. What would happen? Nothing. Nothing. They would have succeeded in stopping. He started. You know, miracles can start in your life, but it may not be consummated. That it starts is not guaranteed. You have to continue. If you don't continue, you stop it. That's why you can't say, I have it today, tomorrow. You say, I don't. The Bible says you won't receive anything from the Lord. So now, so they, they tried to stop him. And for eight, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. The Lord stood quiet. One man in the crowd made Jesus stand. Of all that crowd, of the entire crowd, one man made Jesus stand still. He had something. This man wants what? Mercy. Praise the Lord. Look at the early church. First John 4, 16. We know how much God loves us. We have put our trust in his what? Love. God is love. Those who live in love live in God and God lives in them. So we put our faith in his love. Our confidence is in mercy. Peter nailed it very well. Acts 3.12. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, you men of Israel, why marvel at us? Like this now. Why look at us so earnestly on us as do by our own power and holiness? Who made this man to work? He said, No, forget about it. It's not any of those things. It's not any of those things. The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son. It's not our holiness, it's not our power, it's not what we did. It's Jesus that is being glorified here. Let's see God and his compassion. Psalm 145, verse 8. Psalm 145, let's read it together. One, two. Are you following me? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. Yeah. His compassion will never depart from you. Jesus paid. His blood is right now is, is saying mercy, pleading mercy, pleading mercy, pleading mercy, pleading mercy, pleading mercy. Do you think that God will refuse it? No. The Bible says he speaks mercy on my, on my behalf. And that's why his mercy will never depart from me. There is a blood shed for me that's pleading mercy 24-7. 
You should have confidence in his. Let me say something. Look up here, everybody. God was, God was not defined by his power. Do you know that? There's no place the Bible says God is power. It was defined by his mercy. That God is love. God wants us to know him by his character more than his power. Because it's that character that will make you draw close to him. Can I hear amen? Most of the Bible is talking about God in terms of his compassion. He says, taste the Lord and see his what? Gracious. Always trying to point you to the core character of God, that God is merciful. God is talking about, he says, he said, I delight in mercy. He said, he said I, I prefer mercy more than everywhere. He's pointing you to his character. I'm merciful. I like to show mercy. I delight in mercy. I'm compassionate. I am love. This is who I am. This is who I am. If you don't know me, if you don't know love, you don't know me. But what we do, do we think power. But it's this mercy that makes the power walk. Psalm 145. Let's read it together. From verse 8. The Lord is what? Gracious. What again? And full of what? Do you know what compassion means? What is compassion? Those of you who went to Rutgers. I went to University of Nigeria. So you went to Rutgers. Let's compete. Yep. I went to University of Nigeria. You went to Rutgers. Some of you went to... What is compassion? See, NIG, NGI, you don't know nothing. Rodgers, zero. So let the University of Nigeria now talk. Compassion, listen to me. Compassion is you feel the emotions of somebody. You feel the pains of somebody. And compassion goes beyond feeling emotion to a yearning to relieve that person of the action. Compassion includes, I, I sympathize with you, but I have a strong yearning to help you out. Compassion includes action. But empathy is just, oh, I'm sorry. Hi, this thing happened. Oh, my brother, I'm sorry. That's empathy. There's no yearning to... But compassion goes beyond, I'm sorry, but he wants, not just want to, he is, what is yearning? Eager. When God says I'm compassionate, God says, I am eager to take you out of that thing. I want to help you out. I'm not just saying, ah, see what, no, no, no. That's why, for God so loved the world, he sent his son. Because of compassion, we're not consumed. Compassion intense action. He loved us. He didn't say, ah, I love those people. You know, hey, see how they are suffering. And they might say, ah. No. His compassion moved him to action. That action includes healing you. That's why he laid your sickness on his son. So you'll be well. Can I hear amen? So let's read about your God. If you still believe it's your God, not the God of somebody. Somebody say, that's, you know, Elijah talked about the Lord of Elijah. Yeah, Elijah was his, he said, Elijah, I brought him up now. 
At least he knew Elijah. Elijah was the one that taught him everything. But that's an Old Testament. Switch over to the New Testament and live where Jesus lives. Jesus said, I go to your father and to your God now. Why is he not your God? When Jesus says your God. So let's talk about your God. Whose God are we talking about? Yes, let's talk about your father. Psalm 145. Read about your father. Let's go. The Lord is what? Gracious and full of, which means he's full of yearning. Serious yearning, Paul, to come and help you out, to do something. Slow to anger. And of great, not just mercy, great mercy. Continue. The Lord is what? Good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Continue. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord. And thy saints shall. You remember we sing this song? Yeah, hold on. But let me show you something quickly. In a, are you following me here? Let me show you something quickly, please. Psalm 103 that we read here. Psalm 103. I want to show you something. So you know that it's God's will for you to be healed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holiness. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who, number one, forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Verse 4 is where I'm going. Can you put verse 4? Who redeems your life from so what did he do to you? Who crowns you with what? Loving kindness and tender mercy. What he's saying is that I have enveloped you with my mercy and because of my mercy you will never be consumed. So that's why all these things are your benefit. Because I have crowned you. You know what crowning means? I have lifted you to where you don't deserve. I've crowned you with, with what? Loving, kindness, and what? And tender. He said, that's why all these things are your benefits. Who forgiveth all my, healeth all my diseases. Redeemeth me from what? Why? He has crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. And the touch of the Lord's mercies I'm not consumed. And you say, oh God, they say, has he finished? You tell them, no, it is new every morning. Great is what? His faithfulness. Did you hear what I'm saying? Healing is yours. Healing what? It's yours. All his blessings are what? Yes. Why? He has crowned you with loving kindness. What has happened? Ah, this side, I'm not hearing. What has happened? What happened? Yeah, extend the mercies. Right? <laughs> These people say it's mercy. It's not mercy. Tender mercies. Don't chew your tongue. You need to tender mercies. Okay, we don't want you to pronounce this. The way, the way okay is coming across is, this man is from, he's from Oka, something like that. Tender mercies and loving kindness. 
If you got what I'm teaching, shout hallelujah. Amen. 